Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply. Not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's most cowardly podcast network. Hello and welcome to Scaredy Boys, a podcast where three cowardly friends discuss horror movies. I'm Damien. I'm Sean. And I'm Tom. And for this episode, we watched Event Horizon. Event Horizon is a 1997 science fiction horror film directed by Paul W.S. Anderson and written by Philip Eisner. Set in the year 2047, it follows a group of astronauts who were sent to investigate and salvage the starship Event Horizon, which disappeared mysteriously seven years earlier during its maiden voyage. When they board the lost ship, they learn that it has been somewhere beyond space and brought back with it an unspeakable evil. Um, boys, I have a question for both of you. Yep. Sorry, Dame, I know you normally ask the questions, but I've got a question <laughs> no, to start with. Please, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> um, if you had to guess, without knowing the year that this movie came out, why would you guess 1997? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with the graphics. That's going to be my answer. Oh. Uh, oh, my God. The music? Music. The music Ooh. for sure. Oh, it's the, the final credits. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's a very 90s cast as well, to be honest. That's very true. It's a pretty 90s cast. It's a pretty 90s cast. Uh, So I'm going to start. This movie has some problems, which we'll get into. Yes. But I thought, let's start with the things we liked about it, because this thing to me was rippling with potential. So there's two things I'm going to start us off with. One is that the original premise for this movie was a haunted house in space. That's what the guy who wrote it, that's how he pitched it. Fuck good. Love it. How good is that premise? Yeah. Oh, I love it. (laughs) And, like, it, critics kind of got it because they even said, oh, it feels like The Shining in space. That sort of was the description critics sort of gave when it first was released. So that, I'm like, really great premise. Love a good premise. And then the second thing is the cast. It is a A-grade cast as far as I'm concerned. Very good. It's- Very good cast, right? Yeah. Do you know who I love? I love in this particular kind of role, and he does it very well, is I love Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne mm. as a man with authority who's a bit tired and also resents the people he has authority over. He does it so well. Yeah. And also he's got that thing of like, I don't know what the fuck's going on, but I also need to seem yeah. like I know yeah. what the fuck's going on because yeah. I'm the leader. He's brilliant. He's very good. I really love Laurie Fishburne. Yeah. He's Starship Daddy and I'm there for it. Every, <laughs> Starship <every> Daddy. <laughs> That's great. The scene where he he dives through space to save uh, the guy who's coming out of the who's committing oh. suicide through the airlock. That's Spaceship Daddy yep. 101. Like he is nailing that. That is 
impressive. That's a huge scene. Massive. It's like, I love the way they set it up too. It's like, it seems like literally no one else in the crew thinks this is going to work. But um, Fishburne's just like, nah, I got this. (laughs) And like... I don't know the physics of it, if it was <laughs> no. possible. Who? I, I mean, throw physics out the window with this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's an awesome yeah. scene. Big hero moment. I'm going to assume you'd die instantly, right? Like, oh, yeah. you, they wouldn't, you wouldn't have time. The whole thing was like, curl up in a ball, make yourself small, breathe out all your air. Surely yeah. your heart just explodes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you... Uh, I, look, someone's going to correct me, but I think you do have like a few seconds before... You don't, you don't explode because like... What was that movie with Schwarzenegger where... He literally was in space and his face just exploded. That's not really what happens. Um, so you do have like a microsecond of where Space Daddy can come in and save the day. But it is, it's very short. And look, yeah, look, this probably wasn't accurate. But I loved it. I was there for that scene. I was enjoying that. Um, and just to jump back to the premise. So really good premise. Obviously had heavy vibes of Alien coming into it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And they don't try and hide it. No, God, no. <laughs> no. Oh, no. no. A tired crew gets a distress signal and has to go check it out. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 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 And but I love that premise. I've got to be honest. I mean- It works. It, it Why works. not? Heaps of movies like that. This movie reminded me a lot of Sunshine. Have you guys yep. seen that one from yep. Danny Boyle? Yeah. Um, which another great space movie with a huge cast. Um, mm, I was thinking mm. about it when I was driving home today and- like you forget, Chris Evans is in that. Yep, as like the fourth or fifth character. Yep, yeah, and he's great. Ken is. Um, wow. you've got so what you got? Chris Evans. You've got yeah, Killian Murphy, Rose Byrne, um, Hiroyuki Sonata's in Sonata. it. Jeff Curtis. Um, I think Michelle Yao's in it as well. Yep, amazing cast. It's a big cast. I, that, yeah. Is that yeah. a thing? If you're making a movie in, I think that's. I think that's a thing. If you're making a movie in space and there's distress, you've got to have a big or at least a big name cast because like you think of something like Gravity. Yeah. Doesn't have a lot of people in it, but it's got two of the biggest Hollywood stars in Clooney and Bullock. Yeah. Tom, what's that other one you've watched? I haven't seen it, but it's got um, Beck Ferguson, Ryan Reynolds. Oh, Life. Life. Yeah, that's yeah. another one with it's a big, big cast. Big cast. Mm. I think, do you know what? I do like this genre of film. The We're in space mm. and things are going a bit wrong. There's a really bad one um, called The Cloverfield Paradox, which feels very Event Horizon and it's... It's a movie that ties into the Cloverfield cinematic universe for some reason on Netflix, <laughs> but it's very clear that it was written as its own thing and then it got picked up by a studio and they were like, if we could put some Cloverfield shit in it, we'll, we'll make yeah. it. And so they do. We can shoot. We can shoot Hall yeah, we c- just, no, just give it a squeeze. Give it a squeeze. <laughs> we can just cram that in over the top. <laughs> was that the movie that just like... No, like no one knew it was coming, and then just I think it was on Super Bowl day. They were just like, "Oh, by the way, this is on the internet now." Yeah, go for it. Yep. Yeah, it was one of those early kind of Netflix originals, and I watched it because I was like excited. It starts off pretty good. Again, a likable crew who are then thrown against the odds of you know bad stuff happening, but they keep cutting back to Earth where the Cloverfield has happened, uh, and it's like I don't need to uh, see okay. this. I don't care. I don't want to know. Right. Yeah. So that's the shoehorn part. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I do think with, with these space movies, I think it's partially they have such great casts because they, they're forced to have a smaller cast than your regular movie. It's almost like a play in that sense where you've got a, you've got a, a stripped-down location and a stripped-down cast. And so because of that, you're like, well, we've got more in the budget for casting. Let's get the best cast we possibly can. Yeah, and I think also these ensemble casts lend themselves to, uh, lend themselves to having... Um, what was I looking for? Empathy? Like, it's you can generate empathy because you've mm. got so many people to pick. So, like, if you don't like yep. 
the commander. Well, maybe you like the first mate or maybe you like the mouthy mechanic. Yeah, that's a good point, Tom. I read a review for this film today where someone said the thing they love most about this movie is the empathy that all the crewmates have for each other. It felt mm. like a real family yep. vibe. And it's quite a short movie. It was only like it's probably a tight 90 or mm. 95 minutes. Um, and obviously, we can talk about this. A lot of stuff got cut out of this movie. Yeah. But they didn't really spend too much time getting to know everybody. And I think that just speaks volumes on the cast. So when you yeah. get the right actors, they kind of just fill out the role themselves. You don't need to have all that stuff at the start. Mm. Jolly Richardson's probably my favorite actress of the oh, 90s. Yeah. She's great in this. She's, She's very bloody good. brilliant. Very good. She comes in strong. Yeah. Carney, as soon as I saw her, I'm like, Loch Ness? Yes. Oh <laughs> Loch Ness in space. <laughs> yeah. What's her name? I think her name's Lieutenant Stark, yeah? Yep. Stark, yeah, that's yeah. right. So, yeah. um, goes without saying, she was the character that I liked the most in this. And I was like, okay. just praying, like, come on, get through this. You've got to get through this. What was your, Who was your favourite, Tom? Uh, I was a uh, big team uh, Larry Fishburne. Um, yeah. The minute, the, like, I knew he was in it. And then he delivers, like, there's a bit at the start where he's delivering kind of like, not a monologue, but he's basically like telling off members of his crew. And it's like, nah, I'm fucking here for that. Yeah. I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. There's the, those are those daddy vibes you like to get on board for. <laughs> what about you, Damo? Uh, for me, it was probably the Captain um, Smitty. I don't know. I just found him very like that. The English accent and everything like that. I was like, he's a, he's, he's a bit of a smart ass. He, he also calls Sam Neill early, which I'm like, good. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you've got a you've got someone. This guy's weird as fuck. <laughs> yeah, was many Jason Isaacs or was it the other dude? No, no, that was. Um, that's sure. I think Sean Pertree. That's it. I that's always it. look at him and think, oh, Richard Roxburgh's in this movie. They look very alike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now Isaac's Isaac's character is interesting because yeah. he's like this doctor who's super pessimistic, and you're like, man, that's a really complicated character yeah. <laughs> that doesn't get fleshed out. No, no. <laughs> Well, he does get fleshed out, but physically. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. He gets fleshed oh, right, right out. Right out. Well, let, oh, let's jump into that aspect of this film because it, it felt to me like, like I said, loved the first act. Um, and then there was a point where it went from zero to 90 in a heartbeat. And I yeah. I wasn't ready for it. I didn't know we we're going to literally go to hell uh, and see like full on... <laughs> demonic torture scenes like that kind of came out of nowhere for me where i was feeling because it had those alien vibes of this slow build and we know something's a bit wrong and we've got a cast that we like and then it just really flipped what did you guys think of that no i agree with that i thought we were in for an alien type film Mm. or a monster or something i didn't think we were going to get these visions of like a, a literal hell yeah which like the actual film, I think, was originally 130 minutes, mm. and they cut it down to about 95. Yeah, and most of the cutting was just the most like the most fucked scenes. I read some of them on paper, mm. and I was like, I so I thank God I didn't have to watch that. Yeah, like it sounds disturbing. Is there a director's cut floating around, um, or is it that's just gone? The version of the absurd gore just doesn't exist. This was a period in the 90s, I think, where. Uh, they didn't have the same practices as today. And yeah, a lot of it is like was damaged and lost. Um, fuck, I remember reading that they found an old reel of this film with cutscenes on it in like a completely different country. Yes, that's like right. In a, in a salt mine in, in Nepal or something weird like what that. What the fuck? Yeah. Which, with no explanation. Like, it's. Is the movie cursed? I think it might be a cursed film. <laughs> it's a cursed film. Fucking hell. Because, Tom, some of that footage is really gross. Yeah. Did you guys read well, about it? I did. You, I did, I did yeah. read about it. Yeah. You also get 
Because that's that's the footage is basically what I'm assuming is is the glimpses we get of those in hell sequences where they finally watch. Because there's that whole thing at the first part where they're dangling. Oh, once we get this disc unlocked, we'll learn what happened to the crew. Yep. Yep. And you then get that snapshot of them watching the horrific things happening. You don't see it up close, mm. but there are some really fucking rank glimpses, yeah. including what looks like a man reaching into his own throat and pulling out his like bits. Yeah, yeah that would be one of the tamer. Um, yeah. things they filmed. Yeah, the director came in on the weekends with his camera guy and they hired... Um, I read they hired a lot of like amputees and stuff like that so mm. that it looked more realistic when they were ripping limbs off. And yeah. Apparently, it's just disgusting stuff. Yeah. Well, like even, even in the filming, that scene was referred to as the bloody orgy scene, mm. which straight away, that's, that's a big red flag. <laughs> um, as, and as well as the amputees, they also hired... Uh, like um, strippers and sex workers to to make the so it's called a bloody orgy scene because while people are doing these most grotesque things to each other, they're also kind of having a bit of a bang in the background. Mm. So they had that's what I thought. Yeah, and so it's oh, it's just really mixing these two things that should never be mixed. Um, and so yeah, it's grotty. It's grotty as it's a grotty out. movie. Yeah, grotty is a great word, Tom. Yeah. But it's it's funny to think like, why did he think he was going to be able to get away with that? Like this <laughs> yeah. had to have been a pretty Decent sized budget film. Mm. And in fact, it was this was the year Titanic came out. So James Cameron was well over, like, he went way over budget mm. and over schedule. So Titanic got, it was supposed to be July, which is the American summer, and it got pushed back to November or whatever it was. And so this movie was like rushed in to take the big summer movie tentpole mm. slot. And so obviously they that's like they had to cut that stuff out. Yeah. It's like we've got to get like <laughs> we want to get families in the cinema. We can't be having this. <laughs> uh boys, I'm uh I've got a conspiracy theory based on this new information. Oh, yeah. James Cameron heard that someone was making a really big exciting sci-fi film, felt very threatened, <laughs> pushed Titanic back, knowing that they'd have to rush Event Horizon into that slot. He fucked the film. <laughs> Cameron does it again. Cameron does it again. <laughs> Now, see, I, I, I don't mind. Like, part of me is like, I think you needed to see some of the gore. I don't know. All I know is that it, I don't mind it getting getting started quicker. But I did, I guess, want to see slow burn madness. I think mm. when you're doing madness in space, it's so much better when it's a slow burn. And I think of sunshine and what it does so effectively is you don't know what's wrong on the ship until the last 20 minutes. Yep. Like yep. you don't know what the problem that has occurred that's causing all these other problems until literally the last act starts to kick off. Yep. Whereas, I mean, early on you sort of get these glimpses, and I guess the other difference here is that maybe the the ship was doomed along because Sam Neill's a big fucking dog. Mm. Um, so yeah, who knows? I, I, I don't know. I, I guess on one hand, yes, I I, I like that it's tight, mm. but I would have liked maybe all the gore happening in like the last 20 minutes and you just tease at these little things yeah. the whole way they through. They go big early. Yeah, like yeah. Almost as soon as the gore starts, it's like, Whoa, yeah. how are you going to top that? And then, oh, you did top that. <laughs> Far out. Well, yeah, it, it, yeah, we didn't see it. <laughs> exactly right. And, and, and especially when the reveal of Sam Neill that you just spoke about, Tom, that didn't gel for me either because I'm thought, I don't know if it was set up well enough for me to to fully believe it, as well as I kind of just like the idea that the ship itself... Like, one thing I liked about this movie is the idea of... It's, it is similar to Alien, but the ship's kind of the alien in this regard. It's not that there's an alien on the ship. The ship is the alien, which is great. Yeah. But then, yeah, with the reveal of Sam Neill being kind of, like, infected or possessed by it or however you want to define it, I didn't feel like we had enough of a setup. And here's, here's my quick fix for it. 
So we saw that his, we knew that he had a wife and that she was presumably dead for some reason. We later learned she committed suicide basically because he was like an absentee husband, which I don't know. I feel like uh, that's pretty, pretty out there. But <laughs> that's that's a reach. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a reach. Yeah. Where I'm like, she should have been on that original ship. He built the ship. She was on it. Well, I actually, Damo, like the idea that they trick you into thinking that she is on the ship and that's why he's obsessed with finding it. Right. But then she's not being on there. Like the the reveal when they go through the names of the crew and you realise her name, she's not on the crew and you're like, wait, what's the deal with her? Mm. I think you can have it so that he still is desperate for it. Maybe it's something to do with if, if he thinks that maybe the ship will be able to get her back. I don't know. Yeah. They don't, yes. they don't give yeah, him enough of nice. a good agency. That is good. Because like, well, here's what I want to ask you guys. Because I, like I said, I didn't buy that. So when when do you guys think he was possessed by the ship? Like straight away? Like always? And how and why and in what capacity did it manage to reach out and get him? Like it seems like that he was always evil, but realistically he hadn't been anywhere near the ship since he built it. So there's no reason for him to be evil. He's a, fr- he's a frustrating character mm. because it just seems like... I just wanted a reason to like him. Yeah. And the movie never gives you one. No. no. Um, he doesn't really seem to have any humanity left in him, mm. which is frustrating. So when when he turns evil, I, I think it's like pretty early on in the movie. He just doesn't give a fuck if any of them survive. No. I think if you I think if you just like sprinkle it out, because my, my feel is watching it is that he the minute he gets on the ship, because it does that thing where it fucks with your head and makes you think. Mm. So, you know, it shows that woman her son all the time. Yeah. I think it's clearly Showing him his dead wife. Yeah. But I think the way you fix that is you don't have, you maybe have him have a nightmare at home about his dead wife, right? Mm-hmm. So you sprinkle the scene that there's a missing wife. Okay, maybe she's on the ship. You don't have that scene where when he's in cryo sleep, he dreams about the wife. Right. I think that, that adds something's weird going on there. He just gets on there and then as soon as he's on the ship, you then sprinkle back in the dead wife. And it's like, okay, the ship's. Because then, then you can have that slow burn madness of like, yes. oh, everyone on yep. the ship is starting to see things and it's making them feel really weird. Why is that? What's going on? Mm. And then, I mean, the simple the simple thing is is all you do is you make him you, you make him a bit more likable, or you make him worse. So you make it that it's not that he doesn't want to help them; it's that he's not allowed to talk about what's on the ship. They don't have a security clearance for it. What is it? I can't yeah, that's tell good, you. Tom. I can't tell you. You know, I I think to successfully like watch a character descend into madness, you have to start at some sort of baseline. And Sam Neill's character didn't really have a baseline. No, if you had had Lawrence Fishburne descend into madness, oh, it would have broken my heart yeah. in the best way possible. Yeah, Imagine if bloody Jolly Richardson oh. did. Well, does she, here's, here's a question, though. I would have smashed my TV. <laughs> Do, <laughs> does she not? Because she's not okay when well, she gets rescued. No, no. She has, you know, a very bad experience, yeah. but she doesn't try to fucking kill everybody. <laughs> yeah. <No. laughs> um, yeah, look, there's some, there's some cooked... There's some good shit. I think what they do is that the sprinkle of madness is done the most effectively with um, the, the the character, the mother, who's the, the scientist. Mm. I can't remember her name. Mm-hmm. Um, the character's name on the top of my head. She actually gets, the, I think, the right sprinkling of madness um, because she starts seeing things early. She's a bit creeped out, but she still keeps doing her job. And then she doesn't really get fucked over until the last part of the film. Yeah. Mm. And I think like another simple thing that you could just do is put – Keep old mate in a coma for longer. Mm, mm. Keep the guy gets you know he can get sucked into that thing as early as possible, but just keep him in that coma for ages yeah. until things start ratcheting up. 
Yes. Um, mm. You do lose Space Daddy. That scene probably doesn't happen <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. same way. But, oh, like, again, it, you've got to have Space Daddy. <laughs> you, you do. It's, it's a film that's so full of potential. It's got more potential than blood pouring from the walls, which is massive because there's a lot of blood. There is, yeah. Yeah. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. <laughs> All right, well, well so did it, did it work to at least make us scared? Yeah, there's some scary moments. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah, but yeah, it's more like um, horrific. Yes, just some of the the graphic imagery rather than it. it for me, it's not really like a typical scary movie. I found it more of an entertaining space mm. movie that just has like really fucked shit in it, like gore. Yeah, where gore, I find like the 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 first part of it, where it was more on on song with Alien. That's when I was on edge and a bit nervous and a bit scared. And th- this is kind of what you were saying before, Tom. If we'd held on to that until the last twenty minutes then I think it would have been way more effective as a scary movie where because we we cut to gore, then you're like, well, I've already kind of seen the worst thing I'm going to see. I'm going to see more of it, yes, but there's no the tension's been cut now and you can't really piece it back together again. Mm. Yeah, no, true. There's a couple of, for me, the, the two like scariest beats are the bit where Sam Neill is crawling through the computer system by himself mm-hmm. when you're not sure of his allegiances and yeah, you can hear yeah. the voice and then he turns around and he sees the wife with no eyes, yes. which is fucked. Yeah, that is fucked. Um, but even like those little things, like so when they're in the med bay and he can hear stuff and they're like looking around for things, those those bits of tension are mm. good. But I think you're right. I think they, they get their dick out too early and it spoils the party. <laughs> yeah. Look, we've all been there, but uh, it, it's a shame when it happens. Hey, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm here for the blood orgy and you, fuck, you've come naked. <laughs> yeah. Keep some clothes on for the blood orgy. I'm going to rip them off you. That's the point. Tease me a little. Don't just come in <laughs> flying high. Um, actually, one thing you did make me remember is that the sets on this thing were incredible um, and did, to me, did service the fear, like how you talked about where he's going through the, the computer network. That The sets for those were on point and because they kind of had that sort of alien um, sort of strangeness to them, it did sort of uh, ramp up the sort of the creepiness and the edginess of it all. So I, I definitely did like that part of it as well. Yeah, yeah, I think with any space movie, there's always just like claustrophobia attached to mm. it. Like I don't mm. think, I can't really think of a space movie that doesn't have you on edge. Yeah. I'm sure there's like fun comedy ones that I'm like not thinking of, but any film like this, like, yeah. So not, yeah. It doesn't rate up there with the scariest things I think that we've watched, but mm. certainly the goriest. Oh, absolutely! For, yeah, for yeah, flashes, anyway. It is. It's yeah. again. It's grotty. Mm. It is grotty. Yeah, it's the grottiest film we've seen. Or <laughs> Evil Dead, grottier than Evil Dead. I don't know. Yeah, because because Evil Dead's gore is like 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 kind of horror gore, whereas this is like dirty mm. gore. Yeah. Like this gore is gore yeah. I shouldn't yeah. be seeing. This is gore that like <laughs> yeah. my mum's like, "What are you doing, Thomas?" Yeah. Whereas I think with Evil Dead, because it's um, that movie ramps up and you, you're you not seeing flashes of it. You're seeing extended sequences of it. So your brain kind of goes, okay, mm. I mean, this is still disgusting, but I'm I'm not shocked anymore. Mm. Whereas with this, it's just these little right. creepy, almost subliminal flashes that are like, oh, no, that's, yeah. that's grimy. Yeah. But also, Sean, uh, no one's fucking the bloody corpses in Evil Dead. Yeah. 
there's true. there's fucking in this that's gross, and you can tell. You just you know you know, you know what's bad what too. To think about the amount of people who would have had this on like VHS and would have been pausing it to be like, look, get a, gonna get a better look at that. Oh, isn't, oh, there, no. isn't there isn't there an infamous scene that was cut of barbed wire being cut like used to cut yeah, off nipples like or that. something? Yep. Oh. Really bad. I'm good, thanks. Really bad. Makes me ask a few questions about the director, to be honest. <laughs> well, he's Resident Evil, isn't he? Uh, I, I think I read one like you know, a, a nail gets hammered into someone's tooth and stuff like that. And it's like, what are you doing? Oh. Why are you thinking of this stuff? No, yeah, get that God. out of there. No, thanks. They're not even doing that in hell. Hell's like, nah, it's too much. <laughs> <laughs> have a beer. Yeah, have a beer. Eat some ice cream till you get a brain freeze. That'll do. That's your torture. <laughs> Just imagine them forcing you to eat ice cream. <laughs> uh, so how did our characters act then? Were they wise? Were they foolish? They do their best. I yep. think they do their best. Yeah. Like, it's not their fault that there's a fucking sleeper agent named Sam Neill who, A, lies about what the ship actually is capable of, and B, is also evil. Yeah. They do. They are very clever across the board, mm. but unfortunately they're dealing with something they don't know about. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I think if you break down what each character does uh, individually, they all play pretty smart. Obviously, Lawrence Fishburne Daddy is is killing, he's being very smart. He's knowing he has to be stoic and brave and and support all the rest of his crew to get them through this, and he is nailing it for the most part. Um, Loch Ness, she's killing it. I don't think she really does anything wrong. She's just, yeah, she's just dealing with every situation. Um, the the funny engineer who manages to blast back to the ship. <laughs> Richard T. Jones, he's a fucking beast. Richard T. Jones, oh, oh. he oh, he was very enjoyable in this movie. Yeah. He was a he was a very necessary component to the to this movie. He was great. So then, the only one I think who doesn't act wisely is jason isaac's character when he's just way too cocky when daddy fishburn is talking to him and he's like you need to be careful and he's like oh he won't get me a minute later he's strung up and disemboweled so that's the only point where i could say a character acted foolishly and it was just overconfidence there's one other one. Oh, hit me with it yeah i'm with you yeah. sean Go. sam neil tom yeah yeah when he shoots the fucking window <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> he's got them right where he wants them and he goes ah, 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 bang and it's yeah. like you idiot <laughs> you're on a fucking spaceship son that's 101 <laughs> however However, he does have the added bonus of being resurrected by the ship because the ship wants him alive. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think he knew that that was... He didn't think that. He goes, oh, I'm going to get brought back, so I'm just going to shoot this guy through the window. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that was that was a bad choice. True. But other than that, I think all the characters... It's that great thing where you've got like a crew and they've all got their assigned jobs. Mm. So basically what we see happen is they all do exactly what they're supposed to do, but... The ship and Sam Neill is just like a force that's beyond them. So they reach totally. a certain point where it's like, oh, we can't do anything more. It's Fuck. very the thing. It's very the thing. Yeah, yeah. They're doing their jobs as best as they can in the circumstances presented to them. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, then that brings me straight into our next one, which is how would we do? Because it seems from the get-go that we are fucked. Oh, we're fucked. We yeah, can't fucked. do it. Space is scary. Good. Space. <laughs> right. I think normal space... The three of us wouldn't be able to handle it. They'd bring us out of cryosleep and we'd immediately just start throwing up. <laughs> we'd die in cryosleep. Our bodies would give out. Just wouldn't be able to handle it. I like the, the a thing that just a thought that occasionally pops into my head and that just chills me to the bone hmm. is the idea of like being adrift in space forever. Oh yeah. Like oh, no, you, no. you're alive. 
and you're conscious and you will die of either thirst or starvation, which will take days. Yeah. And you are just floating through space forever. Oh. There is the the the, the level of t- like I watched Deep Impact recently, which is a dumb fucking oh, it's movie. Great. It's great. great film. But um, there is John Favreau's character gets like blasted off the meteorite, and they're like, "Oh, well, he's dead." And it's like, "Well, no, he's not dead because <laughs> he's alive when he blasts yeah. off." Right. So he's, he's just drifting through space for days. It's it's the same as being buried alive, except you have nothing to ground you. Like you like at least when you're buried alive. I don't know. You're you can feel the earth around you. You think maybe I can try to dig my way out. Yeah. In space there is nothing there is nothing no. but space. Like Yeah. Oh. When you're buried alive, you can just take a deep breath and lay still. When you're in space, you're just spinning around. Yeah. But also, if you're buried alive, there's an off chance someone will find you. Just a fluke. Maybe a dog walks past, sniffs your corpse. Yeah. If you're in space, no dogs in space. <laughs> That's true. If you're buried alive, you might have you know, you might have your phone. You might be able to call someone in space. Yeah. That's yep. not going to work. No. Fucking Telstra. <laughs> <laughs> so look, already space is terrifying. Like if either of us, any of us were in Richard T. Yeah. Jones's shoes, we're dead. Oh, for sure. Like, and that's not even some of the worst stuff that nah. happens to a character. Yeah. Yeah. No way, man. I'm not doing a space <laughs> no. walk. No way. Although it'd be pretty cool to be serving under Space Daddy. Oh, that would be all oh, bad. Yeah. That's that the only thing else. that. Keeps me going. He might, ins- boys. He might inspire us to, you know, become our best selves in space, and then get violently murdered. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, uh, instantly. Do you know what I do like about this movie is that it's kind of, I don't know if you noticed this, but based on the patches that the crew are wearing, the British Empire doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah that's right. So yeah. Smitty, who's British, and Jason Isaacs, who's English, both have a Euro star on their patch. Mm-hmm. And Sam Neill's character has the Australian flag with the Indigenous flag and no Union Jack, mm. which makes me think that yeah. Brexit never happened. Um, it got consumed. Tom, did you see that someone tweeted about this the other day and Sam Neill responded to it and said that it was his yeah, idea? Yeah, he was like, this point in the yeah. future, I figured maybe we'd have moved on. Oh, like yeah. I needed any yeah. more reason to love Sam Neill. That's, <laughs> that is a great fact. Nah, look, we're, we're dead pretty quick. Yeah, um, I don't even know if it's worth exploring. Like, I do like the idea of Daddy Fishburne making us the bravest versions of ourselves we could be, but then we're still not enough. Like, no one is. I don't know how you yeah. could ever be this thing. Because, because we'd feel brave and then the ship would just get in our head and be like, oh, no, uh, you're not. Yeah. Also, boys, we're also discounting the fact that, like, how long would it take for the ship to just be like, hey, Tom, kill your friends? Yeah, done. <laughs> Also, don't discount this because this is powerful too. I think that we all fall in love with Jolly Richardson and we fight and we probably kill each other yeah. in, the, in the struggle. No, 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 Sean, you've hit on something there. We all love Jolly Richardson. We want to make yeah. sure she gets back to Earth. So either we die saving her or we escape with her. I think, I think the love of Jolly Richardson yeah. is a factor we hadn't considered. Yeah. Do, Maybe. Do we love her enough to get her back to Ted Danson? Is that our goal? Or like... Let's blow this ship in half because Jolie's got to go find Ted. Well, no, nah, you know, in that case, no, nah, I want it for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Traitor. You're going to take on dancing, mate. Come on. <laughs> but no, Tom, that's a good point because I could see, you know how Neil was having, Sam Neil was having bad dreams in, the, in cryo sleep. I could see you stepping out of cryo sleep immediately turning around and stabbing both Sean and I in the stomach. <laughs> like, sorry, lads, I had some bad dreams. Nothing else for it. Tom would wake up. He'd sorry. wake up first and just like switch our thing off. <laughs> and the rest of the crew would be like, oh, they're dead. And Tom like, oh, hell. Oh, shit. Oh, Shucks. no. Yeah. And then just like turning to like the ghost ship in my brain and giving it a wink. Just... <laughs> but, no, like, but in all seriousness, I think we'd actually, now that you've brought up the, the Jolly mm-hmm. Richardson factor, I think we either die trying to save her or we actually succeed. So, Fishburne makes us the bravest version of mm-hmm. ourselves. And then Jolie 
amps it up another yeah. level. If anything can tackle hell and the, the horrors of hell, it's love. It's love for Jolly Richardson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're fighting an evil ship with romance. Oh. Yep. oh, my God. My heart. Oh, my God. That was... Actually, that's something that they didn't try that we will. We'll just... We have to seduce the ship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's clear that the ship's horny, but doesn't know how to direct that horniness. Just yeah. makes it into this, like, blood orgy. But, yeah. like, if you if we direct the horniness of the ship and be like, teach it about, like, active consent mm-hmm. and, you know, about, like, different levels of affection, yeah. love languages, boys, I reckon we're home. I love that. Yeah. It's, it's had some bad relationships in the past. We're going to show it how it's done. We can fix yeah. it. Put the bombs away. Here come the hugs. That's what I say. <laughs> I think we're all right. like telling Jolly, go Jolly, get get out of here, go on. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm pretty confident now, boys. That was a huge comeback. That was That's a, that was a. I feel like the ship would respect that too. Yeah, yep. they didn't give up. The ship would be like, you know what? I'm not going to go to hell. <laughs> Just kidding, I am. <laughs> <laughs> and that is all the scary talk we have for this episode. I've been Damien. I've been Sean. And I've been Tom. Uh, and big thanks to Clem Avenal, who suggested this via email, Luke, who suggested this movie via Twitter, and Danny Rollins, who also suggests this movie via Twitter. And if any of you scary listeners would like to suggest some movies as well or tell us about Event Horizon and how love will conquer all, you can email us at threescaredboys at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at Skeddy Boys, or individually, I'm at Mitt Day Pajamas. I'm at Carney from 55. And I'm at Awkward Trade. Stay scared, everyone. <laughs>